friends, it's us. I am Steph Beagle. And I am Lauren Abney. And this is Well Behaved. We believe balance is a bit overplayed and way overrated. We've embraced finding our perfect blend of wellness with a twist of tequila. This podcast delivers wellness remixed from face slapping facials to the ABCs of CBD. Living your best life and finding what's right for you is what it's all about. Let's do this. This episode is with my new crush, Hani Avatar. You have like blushing going on right now. Well, she makes me feel a special way. And you're trying to talk like her. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. Uh, she is a true pleasure. And by pleasure, I mean, she is really the advocate and the inspiration for one in exploring their own intuitive and innate pleasure. And, you know, that doesn't just mean a feeling. It is, she is really coaching us on how to explore how pleasure can be empowering and insightful and give us knowledge about ourselves and be almost this life force that we use in relationships, but I think mostly within knowing ourselves. I thought she did such a great job of finding balance between tapping into that pleasure and knowing for yourself, which helps you obviously better connect with a partner. But I also loved how she talked about, I mean, realistically, we all come into a relationship with a very different kind of understanding of what desire and pleasure looks like for us. And like, no one talks about it, but having two people and that like very vulnerable state come together. She talked a lot about like people coming in with different energy currents and figuring out how those currents dance together. And that was like, I like think about that all the time. I love the vision. of that. Right. It's like, it's super visual. And I think it's super special to acknowledge that it's not about like just doing what the other person wants or like forgetting what you want. It's about figuring out how they kind of dance together. So I love that. I loved her. I know that everyone's been wanting us to talk about sex for a long time. And there are some really fun exercises within the episode that she speaks to. And I think just more and more content for us to investigate. So let's give the listeners the goods and everyone spend a little time with yourself. Perfect. Let's do it. I can go ahead and say that this is going to be a scenario that I do with all of my Southern friends by the end of spending time with them. I have an accent and I already know that by the end of this episode, I'm going to be speaking like honey, which is just like (laughs) mystical. Yeah. And like soothing and smooth. And, but let's talk about honey first because you're special and we're so grateful that you're here. Honey is the founder of Sheila a female sensuality empowerment platform that helps women tap into their sexuality as a life force and live orgasmically. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Nice. <laughs> uh, you, I never know if you, I say you or Hani, but you're right in front of me. So of course I'm going to say you, but you've lived this really wild life, you know, starting as an IDF sergeant and counseling sexually abused soldiers, then moving into life as an actress and a model. Our listeners may have seen you on Blacklist and Bloodline. I know that there's some major fans of those shows, but nowadays the focus is on sensuality, sexuality, female pleasure. You are a clinical sexologist and certified sex coach. You have a practice in Brooklyn. You travel around the world. You speak on podcasts. You're amazing. We found you on Sakara. And 
instantly, I just knew I had a knowing that you were meant to be with us and you have a knowing of what your mission is. And you just emailed it to me. So instead of me trying to memorize it, I thought you could share it with us and we can just share that we're so damn happy to have you with us today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, Yeah. I mean, what can I add to what you just shared? I, you know, my mission, it's interesting. I, I, this journey began as a personal journey. I grew up in a really religious household and I was born just with a innate knowing about my body and curiosity about pleasure. And that was not well received in my household. And so as I grew older, I really, I had to come to terms with that. I had to figure out how to heal a lot of what I learned at home. And I began to study, I studied psychology. And so I I began to study just for myself, for my my own journey, a lot about sex and sexuality. And I think what started out as a personal journey then became a professional journey. That's how I ended up here. Um, and I and I often think that you know our deepest wounds become our greatest gifts. Uh, and that's certainly the case with my work. And I my mission is to really support people living fully empowered, embodied sexual lives. That voice. I know. (laughs) The words and the voice. No, that's, that's, that's definitely special. You, I mean, it's within your bio, but you've lived this life that has brought you exposure to many countries, communities. I think about cultures, being involved in military and entertainment and health and um, medicine. But one thing that I, I've heard you say is that society has conditioned women not to trust that which feels good. But yeah. you seem to have this innate knowing. So where does one start to cultivate that practice? And how does that benefit life generally and not beyond just you know being in the bedroom? Yeah, it's a great question. I definitely did not start out here. <laughs> I started out in a place where I really, I couldn't even answer what I wanted to eat for dinner. I had no idea because I grew up with these absolutes. Uh, you know, someone else was dictating what was right and what was wrong. And I really, you know, with all of my clients, I usually, when I start working with someone, I have them spend a week asking with every decision they have to make, asking themselves, what is most pleasurable to me in this moment? So using a pleasure scale, 10 being most pleasurable, one being the least pleasurable. And and really asking from, what do I want to eat right now? I have an extra hour. Do I want to read a book? Do I want to spend that talking to my mom? Do I want to go for a run? And not answering based on intellect, because intellectually I can say, well, I haven't talked to my mom for a month. I should, you know, I should call her, or I know that if I go for a run, that's really healthy, the endorphins, that's intellectually. But basing the answer on the feeling in the body is the yes in my body. Where do I feel that in my core? Like what is actually 
turning me on right now. And if it's a book, read the book. If it's a run, go for a run. But spending a week beginning to ask the questions so that you can develop the muscle of listening. I think what's happened cross-culture, because we live in patriarchal structures, uh, women don't develop that tool. They don't actually ask themselves, what feels good to me? And what does not feel good to me? And that is such an important, I mean, that's a compass, basically. I mean, think if everyone was living lives based off of answers to that question, relationships, work, I mean, everything would shift, everything would change. And, you know, I, I, I really believe that pleasure is a radical act. It's a political act. You know, people who are, fully embodied and sexually empowered are a lot, a lot less easy to control. So interesting. So how does, I think, I mean, I speak for myself too, but pleasure is so often associated to sex, right? But what you're talking about is this practice of pleasure where it ties into each aspect of your life, right? But how does kind of flexing that muscle and leaning into identifying what pleasure looks like in your greater life help as you get closer to talking about it from a perspective of sex or intimacy. Does that make sense? Uh, absolutely. I, so I view pleasure as anything that makes us feel more alive, more turned on and more alive. And if you think about and I'm sure I mean we've all experienced this, right? If you think about moments in your life where you feel really disconnected, from your sexuality. You don't feel that turned on. You don't know where to like even go digging for your desire. This has to do directly with pleasure because I view it, I almost talk about our, our life force energy or sexuality as a well. And if that well is dry, you're not going to have overflowing ecstasy in life, right? You have to fill up that well. And what are you filling that well with? Pleasure. The stuff that makes you feel alive, that turns you on. And I'm sure everyone here, all of our listeners, I'm sure they've had an experience in life where they've met someone and they're super attractive and, you know, and, and they're really, they're attracted and they're turned on and suddenly they're walking around under this blanket of bliss for, you know, it could be weeks, it could be months, but they're, they're walking under this blanket of bliss. But here is the secret is that's actually not dependent on someone else. That feeling, we have responsibility for cultivating that feeling. And the way we do that is really building a life centered on pleasure. So interesting. I know, I like know that feeling, right? Yeah. And it is this floaty, buzzy bubble around you that um, is is energy, and you can feel it. And that definitely transfers into a place of pleasure in many parts of life. Every meal tastes better. Every laugh is bigger. Every sexual experience is like more, more magic. And, but t can you tell me more like it so often feels like that's the partner, right? Or like that's, you've like found this person or they the chemistry. together are three instead of two. Like then how, do, how does one start to make it more uh, 
as something that they're able to cultivate themselves. Right. You're, you're hundred percent right. That's like a plug-in, right? We're plugging in to someone else's energy and the alchemy of our two energies is causing that vibration that you're speaking to, but we can be our own plug-in. Like our sexual energy is ours. It doesn't belong to anyone else. And it's always accessible and available, but we have to, and this is, this is the tricky part, is really learning what your own language of pleasure is. And because we're not taught to look for that, we're not taught to cultivate that, we don't often know even where to begin. And that's why, with, again, back to what I said with my clients, we start off really, really simple. Like ask the simple questions of, and begin to listen. And then you can begin to ask the bigger questions in life. And once you have developed the muscle of listening to your innate knowing, because there's innate knowing in the body. It's not intellectual. It's in our bodies. That innate knowing then begins to expand. And when you structure a life around that, then you're walking around feeling turned on. And that, that vibration that you're talking to, you can decide when you want to bring that into the room. And it has nothing to do with a hot new someone that walked into your life. What are some ways, and, and this is like the tactical in me and you too, but like when we say connecting and like identifying your language of pleasure, I mean, like, again, my head goes to masturbating, right? Like, or like physically touching yourself. But like, what is, is that what you mean by kind of igniting that or activating that? Or is, is it broader? That's one great practice. So here's a wonderful thing about masturbation, right? Oftentimes when someone begins to masturbate, if they begin to masturbate in youth, they'll figure out a way to orgasm and they'll stick with that <laughs> totally. way of masturbating for their entire Forever. life. Like, yeah. the fastest, it's the fastest way to get off. Boom. I'm done. I've climaxed. Wonderful. But what that actually does is that conditions the body to respond to a very specific kind of stimulation. And so you're only learning one thing. And there's a whole world out there to discover just about your own body. So as a practice, as a self-pleasuring practice, take away, just as a practice, I have nothing against vibrators. They're wonderful. But take away the vibrator, take away the porn, sit and drop into your body and feel what, like, where, where is the sensation? What actually feels good in my body? Follow the pleasure. Spend time and focus on, on really cultivating what feels good in your body. And that's, a, that's one kind of listening. Another kind of listening is, again, is, is back to these decisions in life of, hmm, like, what does my body actually want to eat right now? Like, what is it, you know, what is it, wow, like, a burger like is exciting to me right now or greens, a bed of kale. And here's the thing are you will actually be able to feel that in your body if you're listening. And that pertains to everything, 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 everything. And it's on the bigger, bigger things too, of like, what's your purpose? You know, I believe that when we find our purpose, it has that 
vibration that you're talking about, Lauren. Like, right? Like it's it's we it it we feel alive when we actually are acting in alignment with our purpose. It's so interesting because I think a lot of times people equate confidence to like being more sexual, but it's also maybe just like self-knowing or like identifying pleasure and being more in tune with what you need. Like, I guess that is a way confidence shows up. But I always, you know, I always hear people say like how many times back in the day people are like, she's more sexual than him or he's more sexual than her. It's like, what does that mean? Right. And like, how are you showing up for the pleasure you're seeking? And it's just it's fascinating, I think. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, I think that each of us come into this world with a unique sexual current and my current isn't supposed to look like yours or feel like yours or move like yours or yours, you know, and that's the beauty of it. I mean, think about how boring it would be if our entire world was just waterfalls. I mean, we need, we need the rivers, we need the creeks, we need the, you know, we need all of it, all of it, all of it. And that's what you're talking about is figuring out yeah, who you are in your depths. That's why I talk about sexuality as life force. It's not just about sex. It's life force. It's who we are in our depths. Honey, what's the difference between sexuality and sensuality? That is a great question. And they are interwoven, obviously, but sensuality, you know, has to do with our senses. So sensuality is almost the bridge into sexuality. Uh, So sensuality is accessing our senses so that we can move our sexual energy. If you're the teacher, your, your homework is practice, right? And spending time with oneself. And that requires just a removal of distraction and the gift of giving yourself time to cultivate innate knowing and um, experience pleasure. And so when you're working with clients, is it, is it, can it be that prescriptive where you're saying certain amount of times a week or a day, or you have these exercises that you need to accomplish? Are there tools that you give? Um, because I think telling me to spend time with myself. I'm like, I'm going to do that. And then I'll probably forget after this, you know, I, I, I'm a doer, so I need the checklist. And so is that how people start? And then it becomes something that is almost inherent. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, with every client, there's something that I give them to explore at home. Uh, in between our sessions and then they'll bring that back in and we'll talk about what that experience of that was and we'll build on that and it's very guided and it's very specific Uh, and just like anything in life like if you want to get in shape you you can't do one yoga class a month and expect (laughs) for your muscles to be flexible I mean it doesn't work that way it doesn't work that way with anything not with meditation I mean literally with anything and this is the same we have we have somewhere along the way learned that sex, like great sex and being connected to our sexuality just happens naturally. It's just meant to happen, you know, if we meet the right person or if we, you know, are, are finally get our bodies into the right shape or there's there's this some nonsense, you know, uh, that we've all internalized that it just happens. 
but it doesn't. It's just like anything else. It requires focus, time, uh, I see it as a practice. If you really want to live a fully embodied, empowered sexual life, you're going to have to make it a practice. And to me, it's the most worthwhile practice there is. And then are you giving homework or it is the practice? Are there um, exercises for couples? Right. Because I imagine people enter this world and they enter their coupledom with, whoa, vast experiences when it comes to the conversations that they grew up with around sex and sexuality, what they've experienced, how many relationships they've been in, all of these things. So two humans entering a couple come with their historical experiences, which should, or I don't should, but like almost invariably are going to be different. So then are there exercises that couples can be doing together? Oh, absolutely. Uh, So many of them. Um, You know, I think especially in partnerships, it all begins with communication and, you know, sex, because it's so vulnerable for, for each and every one of us, you have to really create safe space to talk about it. And because most of us aren't skilled in talking about this because it's still taboo to even, you know, dive deep into conversation about sex. Uh, It's really creating, first of all, safe space. And then within that safe space, giving exercises that are, you know, great exercises It's called the three minute game. And it's a game between couples where there's two questions. And one question is, how do you want to be touched for three minutes? And the second question is, how would you like to touch me for three minutes? And in that, it's it's called the wheel of consent. And Betty Martin came up with this. And uh, it's a great exercise because you have to fully receive and fully give. So you have to, in, in doing that, you also become hyper aware of where you're comfortable and where you're not comfortable, but you also have to tune in and listen to what you want because you're being asked, how do you want me to touch you? Like you have to take the reins and decide, oh, uh, I, you know, I want you to blow on my neck for three minutes. I don't know. You have to, you know, and that's a great way. That's a great starting exercise for couples who might be misattuned and are missing each other in their sexual connection to really create space where they're giving exactly what the other person is asking for. And yeah. So, I mean, and that's just one of many, many, many. More, more, no kidding. I mean, I think it's interesting because going back to sexual currents, right? Everyone comes in with their different current. I know that there's no like perfect time, but in a relationship or a new relationship or a long relationship, you know, is there a moment where you, you know, I think we all dive into it and just kind of like test it out, right? Like we don't sit down and you're like, this is my sexual current and I really love doggy style, you know, like I don't feel like we go into it that way, right? But how do you, I guess, guide people around the when or the how? Like, is it first just kind of like diving into that sensuality, driving that sexuality and talking about it later? Or like, do you tell your clients to to start with communicating early on so that people know their needs? 
Oh my gosh. My wish is for everyone to start communicating <laughs> right, right. <laughs> relationships would be a lot more sure really, that really that happens for like the 21 year olds yeah. that start dating yeah. in like, college right. by the way I love when you lick my ear <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean imagine imagine what sex would be like if we knew how to communicate our wants and desires early on <laughs> that would be very we would you know much more satisfying but here's the thing It really starts with ourselves because I can't tell you what I want if I don't know myself. I have to first understand what I like, what feels good to me. And if I haven't spent time exploring that, there's no way that I can communicate that to you. It reminds me of the Goop series um, in Goop and sex and sex and goop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a couple that had been together for like 10 years. And they, you know, just knew that they were off. And they had continued to like go down this path being like, I don't like what she likes, but nobody had really communicated anything. And then they put them in a room, broke down what their Kinks, the blueprint, blueprints are. And then as they start communicating, it's as if they've seen this new person after 10 years. And they, I don't think that the wife was so familiar of what she was interested in or what turned her on. And the husband was even more closed. But as they had this conversation, they saw each other in this new, beautiful, turned on and like none of it needed to be penetrative. It was all like the way a feather feels or the back of her knee or the way that she spoke to him. And none of that comes from like the ritual of we have sex every Saturday and um, (laughs) yeah, we're good because we have sex once a week when in reality, there's just so much more behind it. Do you believe in those erotic blueprints? I think that's what they're called. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, um, I think it is a really accessible way to learn about your erotic wiring and be able to communicate that to someone else. And basically, you know, the example that you just gave is, is exactly what we were talking about a moment before, because what happened with that couple is they learned something about themselves, first of all. You know, they, she learned that she was, uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, an energetic uh, and, and no, energetic and kink. And he, I don't remember what he was, but learning that about themselves, first of all, and then they were able to bring, you know, themselves to their partner with that knowledge. And it's a really, really useful tool. Definitely. So, t- so homework for our friends, because there's the four types are sensual, energetic, sexual, and kinky, I think, right? There might be a, there's shape shifter. There's, there's shape, shape shifters and additional yeah. one. That's fine. Yeah. But so is there like a, t- I mean, dorky, but is there a test that someone, how do they, how do they figure out where they, what their blueprint is? Actually, it's really easy because Jaya, her work uh, on her website, you can actually take a test. You can take a tests that uh, can tell you what you are, and then you can learn more in depth about your erotic blueprint. And what do you a- think you are? All of them. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we, we always say that her love language is it's all, of, all them. of them. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, it's, but it's so interesting when 
it's the same with love languages when like if you're energetic but your partner's kinky like how do you find how do you serve their language right while also serving yours like i always joke to my boyfriend who maybe will listen to this episode no i'm kidding <laughs> he he's always like well my love language is quality time so like when i spend time with you it's love i'm like but babe that's not mine right so like same things with these blueprints is figuring out how to show up as yours and make sure that your partner meets the needs of you, you know, it's, yeah. It's important. And I think, I think it takes away a lot of the judgment. Cause I think what happens is when there's an, a misattunement sexually with someone, we judge the other person. We think, Oh, well, they're not sexual enough. They're not, you know, they're not giving me what I want. They're not, there's all this judgment enters in. And then when we're on the receiving end of that judgment, we feel rejected. We feel, you know, it's very, very vulnerable. And so when we have the knowledge, the information about ourselves, it's like, it strips away the judgment. Oh, that's all you're, you know, you're kinky and I'm energetic. We're just our currents are different. That's it. So, and let's see how they dance together. Let's see what happens when waterfall hits river, you know, like that's exciting. And it, and it changes and it's back to the love language. It's the same thing. It's that knowledge allows for a different acceptance. Dude. And, and I think judgment goes right along with shame. And shame comes from every conversation you've had in your entire life, whether it was your parents when you were a kid or a teacher in school or a friend growing up or some sort of cultural like bullshit that we've all absorbed. And in in sexuality, there's just a shit ton of shame. And so it seems to me the antidote to that is openness and communication, but it can be hard mm-hmm. because- you want to be respected and like you want to be in a place where your friends or your partner that there you feel like there's not judgment and even as i've become more open in speaking about sex cuz man i grew up in a family for sure that i was thinking about it the other day we didn't even have you know how some people call a vagina like a new new or something <laughs> we didn't even have a word for vagina we just didn't talk about it and i don't blame anyone because it's probably the way that my parents grew up but having an an open conversation around sex is really beautiful and empowering but it really takes you stepping out there you kind of have to put yourself out there and on the limb because it's not going to organically happen if it hasn't been a part of your life thus far. Absolutely not. You know, and shame, we all carry shame when it comes. I mean, we all carry shame about in regards to so many things, but especially sexuality and with shame, you know, it's, I always say like what, what I kind of coach people to do is because there, there's a feeling, like a physical feeling that's attached to shame. There's a shrinking. Like, think about it. The last thing that you felt ashamed about, when we feel ashamed, there's, we contract. There's literally like a shrinking that happens in our bodies and a desire to hide to, so that no one knows, you know, whatever that thing is that we, we feel is wrong or bad or that we hide that from the world. And so I, I really encourage people when they feel that to stop, 
to breathe, to actually lean into the physical feeling of shame, wherever it is in your body, if it's tightness in your chest, if it's tightness in your stomach, breathe into that, let yourself really feel that instead of avoiding it. And then that creates space. And once there's space, then ask, okay, why is this coming up? What's the origin? What is the voice that's showing up here? Whose voice is that? Was that my mother's voice? Was that my father's voice? Was that the priest's voice? Like whose voice is this? And do I believe whatever that voice is to be true? And oftentimes as an adult, the answer will be no, I don't. So if that's not my truth, what is my truth? And then asking, and it's a whole reframe. And in that way, you're really uncovering the shame and you're not looking away from it. You're not hiding it. You're actually turning towards it and learning from it. And that's a really helpful way of beginning to strip away the layers of shame. Like I'll give an example from my own life right now. You know, as I said, I grew up in a really, really religious household and we had a code of modesty. So, I mean, I had to get permission for the length of my haircut. Uh, you know, my, my dresses had to be longer than my knees. Like there was a whole, and as an adult, I feel really comfortable being naked when I'm having sex. And I feel really comfortable, you know, uh, in certain environments being naked, but then there are other environments that nudity, like that shrinking feeling shows up for me, like walking around in the nude at home. I still have like, there's, I can feel it. There's a layer of shame around that. And I have to be really active in going, Oh, where's, why is this here? Why is this showing? Oh, I feel this in my body right now. Do I really believe that walking around naked is wrong or bad? No, I do not. What do I believe? Fuck, I believe that my body is, you know, this beautiful, beautiful, amazing part of me and vessel that I get to live in. And then I want to be as comfortable in this body as I can be. So, okay, I'm going to read through this and I'm going to like step and I'm going to and face towards it and learn from it and take action in the direction of my value, not the value that I learned. It's interesting, shame as it relates to, I mean, there's so much depth in what you just shared, but I think about too is like back in the day, if we were to talk about sex or if I was to tell you about my experience with my boyfriend or someone I hooked up with, it was like there was so much shame around that. You were like sharing something that was private or you were talking about someone or something. And I think it may sound really trivial, but what we do, what we do with our girlfriends is like we flip it. And like the same way that you share a recommendation for dinner, we're like, have you tried Foria's new intimacy oil? Right. And like we we've made it so accessible and i and i love that i think we celebrate it the same way we celebrate getting a new dress or like literally going on a trip or buying anything i think you know i think the way again that we like flip shame is by being wildly open and feeling like it's a moment to actually celebrate our sensuality and our sexuality whether it's a new vibrator that we travel with for ourselves or it's a new dual pleasure you know toy like i just think that that's like for people, I know that that's not everyone's jam, but for us, I think 
you know, as a friend, as best friends, but also as like our collective group. I think it's given people a lot of power to share. Like I'm in group texts where people are like, oh my God, Beaks, that Foria oil. What the fuck? Right? <laughs> and I'm like, you're welcome, you know? Yes. And, and again, I know it sounds silly, but it's, I don't know. I think it's really, it's, I'm proud of that. I'm proud that, you know, yeah. we're so connected in that way that I'm connected to myself and I'm like excited to share that with others. I think yeah. you know also that in sharing, you're opening other people. Like for you're sure. creating the door for them also to feel empowered. Totally. And that ha- like reduce their own shame. And that just, that's, it feels, it may feels be good. crazy, but it feels like service, totally. right? It just feels like being real. And my God, isn't that all we want now? Yeah. And in sharing, you're naming it too. It's sort of back to like not even having a word for vulva for our pussy, you know, not even having a word that language is so important. So bringing that, actually vocalizing that, naming it, sharing that is, is truly, you're really like wiping away the layers of shame as you're doing that. You for know? sure. It's so freeing, right? And to your point, it's for me, but it's for, there's, mm-hmm. there's something that's wildly freeing for others. It. Yeah, totally. And I think bringing that into a, a I mean, partnerships, different currents, all of that is hard, but granted a master communicator, like love words over here. But I think there's nothing cooler than figuring out. I loved how you said it's like how the currents dance. Like that is so powerful and inspiring and empowering to be like, what can we create together? You know? So I love it. I love it too. Okay. Can we have, can we have fun for a second? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm no. I'm having the, I'm having the best time. Can we, have, can we have fun for more seconds. Okay, um, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm, having, she's like, I'm like sweating and like yeah, I'm like so excited. Okay, mm. anyways, which on the topic of toys or tools or books or like share with some of our friends. I know that you said and I love this like that you don't necessarily need a toy or like strip away all of the the shit and just like connect to self. But if one was to bring a toy into the room or do you have any favorites? I do. I would say for vulva owners, uh, gemstone wands. And actually because they don't vibrate is one of the reasons. And they're made out of crystals. So they have, you know, energetic component and, you know, energy to them. Uh, But they're really useful in exploring the body and really like... If, you, if you're spending, the, if you're at the beginning of your journey and you're learning about your own body and your own pleasure, I highly recommend getting a gemstone wand because it allows just for a slow paced exploration. Mm. And yeah, that would be top of my list. So, we can yeah. get down with that. Good lubes always i mean for you i love for you they're definitely at the top of my list so yeah same Uh, yeah and books oh my gosh it's so hard to narrow down but i would say well because we were just talking uh about shame i would say the shame that binds us is a really good book by john bradshaw um pleasure activism by adrian marie brown i love that book because she really talks about why it's really important in an unfree world to claim our pleasure. And uh, Come As You Are is another fantastic book by Dr. Emily Nagowski. And well, one of my all-time favorites would be Soul of Sex by Thomas More. 
anyone that likes mythology. Tons of homework. So much. I'm like adding them mentally to my Amazon cart right now, but. Well, we'll write them down. We'll have them in the show notes. But the thing I really, I want to bring back to, and we'll close here is the homework of that you started with that maybe spending a couple days or a week thinking, asking ourselves the question, what is the most pleasurable to me? Is that what you, is that the question you ask? Follow the pleasure, take action in the direction of pleasure. And really important when you're exploring that is check in at the beginning of the week, just check in, see, okay, where's my, where's like, in my well, <laughs> how full is my well right now? <laughs> like, am I, am I, where am I? Where's the water in my well? And then check in at the end of the week. Do you feel more alive, more full, more turned on? Like just explore. And there's no right or wrong answer. It's just learning about yourself, like spending the time to ask the question and to listen so that you begin to develop your own language, your own knowing about your body, about your wants, about your desires. Because right in desire, there's longing. There's a yearning for something. And there's knowledge in that yearning and in that longing. There's a reason where we're pointing in a certain direction, right? Our longing is pointing in a certain direction. And it's really important to tune into that. Well, this was highly pleasurable. And I feel highly. My well is. Lauren, by the way, I don't know. I, I, I want to hear the honey speak. Let's hear, let's hear the. <laughs> I thought I was giving it. She thought, yeah, she totally thought she was like, I in that was it. She kind of was. <laughs> it was just pleasure. And <laughs> it wasn't bad. It just keeps saying the word pleasure. pleasure. <laughs> I will. I'm going to say pleasure all day. You are magical and your work. I mean, it's just, it's inspiring. It's so needed. And it's such a good reminder to just take a moment and to connect with ourselves and to identify what brings us joy, what fills our cup or our well, as you like to say. Yeah. Well, we'll be in contact. We'll be following you. And I'm, I'm sure all the listeners will be as well. Um, I know that you have uh, your space online at Sheila, S-E-S-H-S-H-E-L-A-H. Why don't we let her do it? <laughs> I, think it's double, I, just, I think it's double E's. Yeah. Damn it. Okay. It is, it's double A's actually. Okay, see, see if we're close. Why don't you tell us where to find you? How's that? Sheila.com. <laughs> so it's S. H-E-L-A-A-H. And it actually means Shela in Hebrew means hers with an added ah, an orgasmic ah. That's why Together. I named my Shela. 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 <laughs> I love it. So you can find me at Shela.com or on online at Insta. Perfect. And I look forward to hearing from you guys. So special. Thank you so much. We're so grateful. Friends, this has been fun. Thanks for spending some quality time with us. If you need more of us in your life, we totally get it. Follow us on Instagram at wellbehavedpodcast. Also, we aren't selfish. Tell us what you need and want to learn more about by sending us a note at wellbehavedpodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs. We prefer that anyway. Until next time, stay well and somewhat behaved.